those personal liberties uh, start to expand, right? You want to maximize personal freedom, but eventually your circle of freedom is going to overlap with someone else's. And that's where we have issues. And that's where we have to have restrictions and limitations and things of that nature. Because I, to some extent, we have to be able to agree on what's wrong, right? And what we can't do to each other. Yeah. And so I think the argument gets into a gray zone because it's like, well, by not getting inoculated, am I actively harming other people in a way that's measurable, that can be proven again, objectively, that's not just a matter of opinion or, or public, you know, uh, public opinion or media narrative, right? Like by not getting vaccinated, am I actively harming my fellow humans? That's kind of where, where it becomes morally subject to regulation, because if you can prove that by not getting it, you're contributing to the deaths of other people, that's kind of like why we can't go around killing each other, right? You have personal liberty up until that liberty comes up against my liberty to live and to be safe and to, you know what I mean? Have health and uh, equal opportunities. So it's like, that's the limitation of personal freedom. It seems is when, when it butts up against somebody else's freedom and it's like, whoa, 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 you're free, but you can't fuck over these people because they're free as well. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. So I think the argument that a lot of people are making is, well, by not getting vaccinated, you're, you're the problem. You're the yeah. reason there's a fourth wave. You're, you're, you're it. And you're actively damaging society and other people. That's pretty much what's going on right now. That's the, that's uh, the narrative, right? That's the that's argument. The narrative. Yeah. That's the question I would say, because I, I don't necessarily agree or disagree. I feel like it hasn't been clearly demonstrated. And there's a lot of evidence that seems to be pointing to alternative narratives that are equally compelling and kind of throw a different light on the situation, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think if you just take care of yourself, you'd be all right. <laughs> like, you mean like live healthy, be like yeah. lead a healthy lifestyle, like don't Yeah, consume. we wouldn't even have to have yeah. this whole narrative if you kind of, if people just knew how to take care of themselves. <laughs> yeah, mind, body opinion. and spirit, right? Like all yeah. three, because I feel like that's, that's the problem is we have an imbalance. Some people are quote unquote healthy physically, but mentally and spiritually, they're very sick, right? And so. Yeah, exactly doesn't matter how physically healthy you are if you're if you're sick in other areas so you have to like find a way to heal yourself and then yeah i agree man there's no discourse right now on well maybe we should be talking about the standard american diet yeah and the amount of refined sugars that we consume and yeah because you know what the, like even if we came to a conclusion about the narrative of the vaccine well all right there's other um viruses there's other pathogens there's other things that could happen in the future so why don't we talk about preventative measures rather than just trying to get over this one slump, which is obviously, yeah, we, we want to try to prevent it right now. Obviously, you know, there's people that are, um, there's people that are being hurt and dying from it. But I think people think uh, the vaccine debate is like the end all and that's it. Like once we get over this and that's it, it's like, nah, man, it's just going to get crazier from here on out. You got to like, so you got to start now. You have to take precautions and take care of yourself or if, or else you're going to keep suffering. It's that yeah. simple. But we're looking for that one, one shot, easy fix. Right. And everybody's yeah. doubling down. Cause it's like vaccine. I don't have to change my lifestyle. I don't have to worry about my mental health or my spiritual health. I don't have yeah. to change my diet. I can keep doing the same shitty things that I've been doing for the last, however many decades. All I got to do is get two vaccinations, maybe yeah. three, maybe, maybe one every quarter. I don't know. Maybe that's what it's going to come down to because they're showing that 
immunity wanes. So that means if you don't keep getting boosters, you're eventually going to run out of immunity, not to speak of, of course, the variants that can apparently escape the immune response. Now there's one in South America, apparently that can just get right, right, right through there. It doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not. So the vaccine as a one, one-stop shop fix, like a silver bullet, if you will, is, is never going to happen. And that's the narrative that's being pushed now. I believe it's like, mm-hmm. you have to get vaccinated. That's the only way. And it's like, <laughs> It's not, it's being shown right now in Israel and other parts of the world to be not only not the only way, it's not even a way it's, it, yeah. it's a temporary imperfect fix at best. And it's experimental. Yeah. That's where I've landed on the issue. And I'm still waiting to be convinced either way, but I feel like what you're saying, it's in order to address the real problem, Gary, they would have to dismantle the entire system because there's. Uh, pharmaceutical companies that have an interest in keeping us unhealthy, right? Because that's where their profit margin is. There's the food industry, refined sugars, all these things. We'd have to address that as well because they're showing again, the people who are getting really sick from COVID and dying, they have other underlying issues, either comorbidities or, you know, I, I saw an article today. It was like super healthy young man who had just beaten cancer succumbed to COVID. And it's like, he just finished fighting cancer dudes. (laughs) <laughs> you think like he might Super be very healthy. healthy and young, but yeah, well, obviously he's very healthy if you beat cancer. Right. But yeah. what if they use like chemotherapy and his, he's completely washed now and yeah, he gets COVID. Of, co- of course he's going to die. So the narrative is painted like healthy. You know what I mean? They're trying to sow fear on the one hand and then they're trying to say, but don't be afraid. Just come get the shot. Yeah. That's what it is, man. That's what it is. I think the, the statistic I've heard that I think, most of the deaths from the pandemic, 95% of them are, um, they have some kind of comorbidity. And uh, yeah, that's a high percentage. <laughs> like, and in the 5% range, uh, you know, if you are in the 5% range, you had, you're a healthy individual, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah, but freak occurrences can happen in any scenario. People die from the flu, people. And again, I'm not trying to minimize COVID. I think another side of the argument is people say, well, look, this many people died from COVID. It added an extra 0.01% to our annual mortality rate. Like the one argument that I've heard in Canada is like the death rates, uh, the annual deaths per like in Canada in 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, virtually identical. But the flip side of that argument is yes, but that's probably because we took extremely hard measures, masking up, distancing, you know what I mean? And so if we hadn't done any of those things, I imagine the numbers would be worse. So I think, again, saying like, oh, it's barely killed anybody. It's not a big deal. I think people are forgetting that the reason it wasn't such a big deal is because we cracked down on it fucking hard and quickly and like entire country shut down. So yeah. If we hadn't done those things, I imagine those numbers would be way worse. So again, like saying that it's low numbers, it's a fallacy. It's like, yes, but we also took these extraordinary precautions against it for the last two years. So if we hadn't done that, I imagine it would be more of a scourge and people would take it more seriously because it'd be like, holy shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I can see that. I, but I don't think we, could, we took that drastic of measures. Like I still was able to go into Walmart and, <laughs> and just Sorry. hang out there and just breathe. You're right. Everybody. Hundred percent, you're you're totally right. And and when I say drastic for us, again, we were talking about normal before you hit record, right? What what is normal mm-hmm. uh, for us? The precautions that we took as Westerners were 
in a democratic society. Wow. Authoritarian. There's people who are making analogies, you know, to uh, concentration camps and in the, in the Nazi times. And it's like, let's slow down. <laughs> We're not there. I can still yeah. go to the store. I can still do all these things. I'm not being tortured. I'm not in a free labor camp. Yeah, we just had some limitations on our life. Yeah, I can't go to the movie theater. Ooh, okay, I can still get <laughs> Netflix. You know, like we're not, it's not persecution to the point where people are dying and stuff from it. But yeah, I think they were pretty extraordinary. And a lot of small businesses suffered and went under. And like for a capitalist society to kind of throw these people under the bus, again, they weren't big corporations. So I understand why it was like dispensable, but it's still, mm-hmm. you know, to, to let those businesses die out. I think, again, that's that was pretty extreme for us. Yeah, it's pretty extreme that for sure. I didn't see people physically for months. Like I I actually tried to follow the rules because I'm a hermit. So Mm -hmm. I was like, perfect. I don't have to see anybody, but you know, like I'm sure a lot of people followed the rules even more strictly than I did. So I think that probably is why it doesn't seem like as as severe as it is. Cause yeah, it sounds like a real motherfucker. Everybody that gets it is like, (laughs) do not, nobody's speaking fondly of it. Nobody's saying like, that wasn't a big deal. Yeah, everybody's like, I wouldn't want to go through that again. That's if, the number yeah. one thing that I keep hearing from about. There's it, just you know? so many questions because then there's like people that also get it and don't have any um, symptoms, yeah. or just have a mild case, and then, then it's just like there's so many questions, but be- you know, conspiracies between PCR tests mm-hmm. and if they're like what that is actually testing for. There's just so many questions right now. Yeah, yeah. And there's just so. Well, many- and I think with Delta, there's no I. Now that Delta is the number one strain, I don't hear any more stories of people who are uh, who are like, oh, I didn't even know I had it. Like, unless you're double vaccinated, which is why I think, again, this whole narrative of unvaccinated people pushing the fourth wave, actually, I believe a lot of doubly vaccinated people are getting it. They're asymptomatic and they're driving it. And the people who are getting hospitalized are the poor saps like me who don't have the shots. Yeah. So like to blame the unvaccinated people, I feel is backwards. I think they've shown even doubly vaccinated, you can still get it, still pass it along. The only difference is you're going to be either asymptomatic or you're not going to die from it. Yeah, so, people still get it in the hospital. Like Oscar De La Hoya was in the hospital. So it's doubly just vaccinated. Like, yeah, it happens there's, there's to everybody. There's so much like, there's so much like yeah. funny business going on. It's like, because you don't know what to believe. You don't know who, what side is right. Because I think both sides have a point. If there's mm-hmm. two sides in this, they both obviously have a point. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I don't know. I'm kind of just at the point where I'm like, I don't really care whose side I'm on. I'm on my own side. I'm just taking care of myself at this point. Yeah. I know how to, I know how to take care of myself. What's good for my body, and what's good for my spirit, and that, and that's kind of what I'm on. I don't really fall into anybody else's narrative because that's. I mean, getting on the the topic of narrative, it's really easy to get lost in somebody else's narrative nowadays, and you get sucked into that, and then you get sucked into echo chambers where other people are also saying, yeah you're right we're right and then you got the opposite side doing the same exact thing and it's just like it's this like sickness of the mind that it's so easy to get sucked into when i'm just like i'm at a point where i'm like man i'm not about that like i can see right through it i can see right through just like the lunacy of it and how people are using their mental energy that they could be using on themselves to just fuel this echo chamber fuel Mm. these um these narratives that aren't they're not even potential they're not there's there's no truth you know i mean it's all just speculation at this point it really is because i mean what do you believe who do you believe i don't i don't know i'm not gonna believe some random dude that doesn't know how to take care of himself i'm gonna believe me (laughs) 
I know how to, yeah. I know what I'm doing. Like I know what's good for myself. I haven't been sick in like five years. You know what I mean? Like I know, nice. I know what the, it's just like, if everybody was on this wavelength, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just trying to say, we can all get on this wavelength. Like we can all be these healthy individuals if we really want to be, if you want to take the time for yourself, which isn't even that much time. And if you want to take the time to research what you should eat and what you should put into your body and the kinds of energy you should put into your body, we wouldn't have this vaccine debate or the, the anti-vaxxers and the pro-vaxxers. There mm-hmm. wouldn't be that debate because naturally, uh, uh, I think if you're truly living at your fullest potential and you don't have any kind of like, you know, born with any kind of like malady, um, your body is able to fight off a lot of contagions like your body is able to heal itself look at Wim Hof the immune system is the only like one of the only systems that we have that gets stronger the more it gets knocked down like that's Mm -hmm. how the immune system works you build it up by knocking it down so that means you get exposed to things you get sick and then it gets stronger from that it's almost like it learns from every virus and every infection it has to fight it more effectively the next time so yeah unless you have some like immune you know immunocompromised situation or some kind of inherent condition like you're saying that you were born with or whatever yeah like and even those people i mean talk to my wife you can you can reverse a lot of the effects of those types of things again really by studying what you're talking about absolutely she has yeah yeah she has crohn's disease or i guess i should say she had crohn's disease Mm -hmm. because i don't feel like she has it anymore but anyways yeah she's looked into all that stuff and for her again it's mind body spirit it's not just um the physical, although it started like that for her, that was the start of her journey was like dieting, exercise and that kind of stuff. But that led her within the body and within the mind and the spirit. Right. So it's all connected. Yeah. hundred percent. But you're, you're saying like both sides have a point, I think. Yes. And they are also missing the point, which is what you said afterwards, that if we were looking after ourselves and if we actually spent some time and learned about this stuff and applied it to our lives, a lot of us, the vast majority of people wouldn't have an issue with COVID. They'd be able to fight it off. No problem. Right. Um, But that's not the world that we live in because your health is not the, uh, the number one priority for pharmaceutical companies. And in fact, it's the (laughs) other way around. If you're healthy, you don't, they don't make money off of you, man. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You don't, you're, you don't benefit them. So they're not going to be looking out for you. Um, But yeah. So why don't you tell me, like you're saying, you've got the recipe, you've got the secret sauce. Why don't you tell us what that is? Cause I'd be interested to hear. I mean, obviously everybody's got their own uh, recipe, but how do you stay healthy? How do you stay well? Um, Well, I, a lot of yoga, a lot of um, exercise, but not necessarily like strenuous, just like going for a walk, maybe a slight jog regularly, you know, get the, get the blood flowing a little bit, but definitely a lot of yoga, obviously, man, I I live off of yoga. Yeah. And then, um, uh, a lot of cannabis, <laughs> a lot of cannabinoids. Yeah. Um, and then I take a multivitamin every day. I take, you know, NMN and resveratrol. It's like anti-aging supplement. I take that. Okay. It's like an antioxidant. Nice. Um, but listen to, um, he was on Joe Rogan. He's an anti-aging guy. I think his name's John Sinclair or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something Sinclair. It's, I don't know. I, I can send it to you later. Yeah. He, he, he says a lot about resveratrol and NMN and the anti-aging properties nice. of, of those. Yep. And then I take mushroom supplements, which is like yep. medicinal mushroom supplements. And uh, that's pretty much it, man. I just, you know. And well, what I, do you eat? What kind of diet do you have? You know? Well, I don't eat meat. I don't eat okay. dairy. I don't eat any. Well, I'm vegan. Are you vegan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But I know, I mean, that's, a, that's an umbrella term because you can be a vegan and eat Cheetos. 
<laughs> Actually, no, I, that's cheese. I'll say you you can eat you can be vegan and eat potato chips. I'll say. Yeah, day, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But you don't eat processed foods or what? No, I eat some processed foods. I'm not gonna say like I'm a whole foods vegan, but okay. I try to be. Like I try to. I eat a lot of greens, a lot of yep. fruit too. Yeah. A lot of uh, yeah. I love apples, bananas. Um, I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> go get go of, get uh, something, man. Go grab organic granola bars. No, I'm good. Yeah. No, I'm off. Yeah. Like, you know, strawberry mixed fruit. Just yep. yeah. I think uh, I was listening to this this uh, Swami Chaturjananda the other night and. He said that what a human being is, we're meant to eat fruit. Like our bodies are meant to be like fruitarians. Like our, we're built like fruit eaters. Hmm. And it makes sense because we're just, we're just apes. And they, you know, apes eat bananas and fruit and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apes and, eat very little meat, man. Like barely any, right? It's yeah, like insects jacked. basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, I think just how our, how our digestive tract is built, like the length of it. Yeah, and how our teeth we have our, our teeth aren't really meant for like they're not like predator teeth mm-hmm. and it's they said it's not necessarily like a we're not like a um somebody that just eats vegetables was that vegetarian called? yeah is that a vegetarian or like uh, omni- uh, no, not uh, om- omnivore herb- yeah omnivore herbivore. is both yeah yeah omnivore so, is everything omni all yeah. right yeah it's not so, a duality <laughs> exactly yeah so like i guess biologically we're not we're not really meant to be like herbivores in terms of like just plants mm-hmm. and we're not meant to be carnivores. Um, it's they're meant to be like fruitivores, fruitarians, you know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that actually makes a lot of sense. And I don't, I'm not going to say I live off of just fruit because that'd be tough, mm-hmm. but I think it makes a lot of sense compared to like, you know, how we developed. And if you think about what, how a fruit is, right. It's the only type of food that is, it's, we have a symbiotic relationship with the plant where if we eat their, we eat their food, mm-hmm. it benefits their proliferation. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's like everything else, animals and plants, we kill and harvest them when they don't, it doesn't necessarily, um, it doesn't necessarily make their DNA live on longer, but with mm-hmm. fruits, it actually does. It helps us both out. Like we have yep. this weird symbiotic relationship in nature with fruits where, you know, we eat them and we spread the seeds all around right right when you look at it like that that makes a lot of sense it's like the only kind of and it tastes amazing too it tastes amazing for a reason you know we all love there's a reason we're addicted to sugar my man yeah exactly (laughs) i'm not necessarily saying we should all just start eating apples all day but i think if we were to like tie it close the closest food to our like how we evolved closest to how our biology is it's most likely fruit Makes and, the most uh, sense, like you said, right? Yeah. Apes and stuff, right? We they eat bananas and fruit in the jungle and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, makes a lot of sense. But yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, you know, and they got a lot of vitamins, vitamin C. But well, that will yeah. keep you healthy as well if you eat a lot of fruit. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, that's nice. pretty much it, man. That's pretty much my diet. A lot of water. I like to drink tea. Um, yeah. What about coffee? No, I don't drink coffee. I gave up coffee for mushrooms actually, which is pretty funny because mushrooms give me uh, a lot of energy. <clears throat> it's like this. This tincture that I have right here, it's just a yep. supplement. Nice. And I got some pills too that I take and I got some gummies. I got, I'm all mushroomed out, bro. But, uh, <laughs> well, again, if you're a vegan, I, I feel like mushrooms would be uh, an important part of your diet. Yeah, for sure. I want to start eating like, 
like incorporating them into regular foods because you can do a lot with mushrooms in terms of i'm not talking about psychedelic ones here no no i know listening (laughs) but you could though you could you could take (laughs) psychedelic ones and eat them but any kind of mushrooms you could make like a lot of different meals out of them and they're pretty nutritious for you too and tasty i mean some people hate mushrooms i really like the taste of them i think there's so much you can do with them and there's so many different kinds of mushrooms too like the, the button mushrooms that we get at the store those aren't even the tastiest ones that you can get. Those are just like the easiest ones that you can grow. You know what we I mean? We made stuffed are... portobellos the other day, man. Oh, so good. Yeah. Well, we put cheese in ours. <laughs> well, Sorry. hey, man. Yeah. Oh, good, man, dude. I love mushrooms. Yeah, my kids hate them. It's like, ew, and it's a texture <laughs> thing. I get it. Yeah, I, they're like chewy. I wasn't a huge fan when I was a kid either, I don't think, but I love them now. I love everything. That's the secret to, to it, a happy easy life just try to love everything man the pickier <laughs> you are the more you're gonna suffer just yeah, right? love everything i love mushroom i like the, i can't think of any food that i dislike you know people are like oh, really? i don't eat that um they're like uh gross i don't eat that i'll literally i've i like everything and i will try anything like you don't have anything that you that you're just like nope i'm, not, I'm gonna pass on that I mean, there's definitely a hierarchy, obviously. There's certain things I like more than others, but honestly, like I've had liver and I was like, mm, that's pretty good. I like liver, <laughs> liver yeah. and onions, like the worst thing you can imagine, you know, like, um, I don't know, meatloaf, love meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, there's literally no like meal that I'm like, ew. Well, you know what it is too, is there's a lot of, uh, I think people's um, kind of like preconceptions about food just by mm. how they look or by yeah. how they smell. Like yeah. mushrooms just look weird. So like, I don't want to put that in my mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah, or just the chewy. idea of, yeah, the idea of liver. Like I don't want to eat something's liver. Mm, so I rich think in it nutrients. Has a, yeah, it actually <laughs> is. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's, it's just some kind of bias to um, just because just the observation of it. But yeah, yeah when you just yeah, kind of, when you can get past that and just yeah. see it as like, you know, a form of energy, then it makes a lot more sense to not be picky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In my experience anyways, but yeah, I mean, there's certain things that are obviously bad for you. Yeah. Probably shouldn't eat very often, but mm-hmm. uh, do you fast at all? Do you do any of that kind of stuff? No, I've never been able. I mean, I know I'm able, we're all able to do it, but yeah. I just never have had the, uh, the, I never really felt like doing it. I don't know. I just yeah. never thought it would, I felt like people say there's a lot of benefit to it, but it can't be that much benefit. I don't know. I, I'd rather just, I'd rather enjoy my life and eat food yeah. while I can. But oh yeah, I, no. I do like intermittent fasting, fasting isn't like you're, you're yeah. getting the same number of calories. You're just doing it in a smaller window of time, right? Yeah, pushing I, your body I, into autophagy or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I probably should do it, but I'm not. I don't have that willpower, and I you get shouldn't do anything, bro. <laughs> you shouldn't do anything. You should do only the things that you want to do, right? Yeah, and obviously, you're you're you haven't been sick in five years. I feel like you're probably on the right track. Keep well, doing. This is what happens: is, is I get I, like I can start to feel myself come down with something and Mm -hmm. then one day two days it goes away like it's like my immune system i'm able to tune into it and just like beat it really fast which is something that i think every we can all do through yoga and certain breathing exercises i think we can all do that yeah but it's like i i went through a lot of suffering when i was a kid like i got sick a lot so it's like Mm -hmm. almost like i was destined to be able to teach myself to do that because i couldn't I you learned a lot from that, from those illnesses, obviously. Yeah. Where I just, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I had to like teach myself, I guess, in a way, which it was what didn't even mean to, like, I just learned these breathing exercises and yoga exercises. And then I realized along the way, I'm like, wait a second, 
I don't really get sick anymore. This is kind of <laughs> cool because I would, I would notice myself, like I said, getting this slight symptoms and then it would go away. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm not the only one. I'm not saying that like this is, you know, I'm the only one that can do mm. this. There's plenty yep. of other people that also say the same thing. So yeah. we can all do this. I really believe that we can all get to a point and maybe in the future we'll be at that where we're more honed into our bodies. We'll get to a point where we're just like, yeah, viruses and bacteria, that's not really like a thing. We don't, you know, we, if it's almost like a thing of placebo effect too. You know, I think there's a lot of power in belief. And mm -hmm. if you just tell yourself that I have a very strong immune system, I'm healthy, that probably goes a long way too. You know, I, so. I might just be lying to myself and kidding myself that I that I'm doing all these breathing exercises and and just regular exercise and it's keeping me healthy. But it might just be the idea of me keeping myself healthy. <laughs> it's that's probably actually both. keeping me healthy. Yeah. So it, whatever. Both. I'm a non-dualist. It's always both. <laughs> yeah, it's both. <laughs> it's a whatever bit of both in each, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, it, well, and I think like if you were eating McDonald's every day and smoking cigarettes and drinking lots of beer and, you know, all these things again, and still doing the breathing exercises, I imagine probably wouldn't be as healthy as you are, you know? So it's <laughs> yeah. like the combination the of absolutely. And that's what, again, back to what my wife says, mind, body, spirit, man, you got to have all three and you clearly do physically, you know, you exercise, you, you move, you keep your body nimble. And then, you know, you put the right foods in there for you and everything else, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a learning process though. Like I think this, first of all, I'm still like, I'm still learning what to put in mm -hmm. and what not to put in. And it takes time too. So for anybody that wants to get on this path of self-healing, recognize that it takes time to do this. It's not just like one day you're going to wake up and know what exactly you should put into your body. It's like you treat it, your body is like a science. You treat it as like, yeah. uh, you know, this works. I'll keep this. This doesn't work. I'm not going to do this anymore. Because it was a lot of trial and error in terms yep. of, and it still is, a lot of stuff that where I'm like, oh, that, that, that didn't make me feel right or that didn't, that gave me some stomach problems. Yep. or something else that just, I don't know, just, you know, there's stuff that works and stuff that doesn't work. And it takes time to really figure out what's good for you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that I'm in a position that I can do that too, because there's a lot of people in the world that they just kind of have to eat whatever Whatever's they got, there. you know? Yeah. And yeah, they got to drink the, the village goat's milk. That's it. That's all they got. <laughs> totally, man. We got a lot of privilege to be able to have even this conversation, you know? Yeah. Not For to sure. take it there, but it's true, man. Like, you know, you're right. I think a lot of us could achieve what you're describing, you know, boost your immune system, all this stuff. But a lot of people are not in a position to even be able to put the right things in their body, right? As you said. So, yeah, it's, uh, but that's part of the freaking imbalance that we got to deal with, man. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's the entire world, the entire human world. Well, now actually the entire, you know, material world because we're fucking up the climate. <laughs> But mm -hmm. the human world itself is, is like severely out of balance with the way things are, with nature, with ourselves, with our own true nature. Yep. And so it's like everything is destruction. Everything is is coming. Even when we do things from a good place, it backfires because the foundation is so rotten. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know why I think there's just, the foundation is because there's way too many people here. There's way too much input. There's way too much us just sucking this world dry of everything. And there's, mm -hmm. there's like, we should be at a point of, of um, what's the opposite of scarcity? Abundance. Absolutely. <laughs> we should be at a point of abundance. But yeah. I think we can't be because there's just too many people. I was looking up, I looked up today, actually, how many people are born in a day on earth? Take a guess. 43,000. 
Three hundred fifty thousand people. Holy shit! I was waiting. Or three like, yeah. three forty five, something like that. If, yeah, so wow. when you wake up every morning, there's three hundred fifty thousand mm. new points of consciousness that have. But how up. many? How many people be dying every day? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Actually, I'm gonna look that one up right now. Because if five hundred, because <laughs> if five hundred thousand are dying every day, we're shrinking. Well, <laughs> we know? had a. Um, yeah. So we had. A, yeah. Is our population? No, it's only growing. There's a lot of places in the world where it's actually taken a turn in the reverse and they're yeah. projecting like steep declines in population over the next 10 to 15 years. But again, what do I know? These I'm on worldometer.com. You ever been on here? No. <laughs> I'm going to share the screen. Do it. Yeah. I'd be interested to know. I, I disagree with you, sir. I think in the current system that we have and the current uh, narrative that we're living under, 100%, we get, we're overpopulated. That's why all the billionaires want to go out in the space and leave us here to die, because they think there's too many of us. But the problem isn't that there's too many of us. There's standing room only in Texas for the entire world population. The entire population of the planet mm. can fit in Texas, standing room only. There's fucking plenty of room and resources and everything to go around. We can have abundance for... A lot more people. We have a lot of room, man. We can make it work. Yeah, we got but the room. It's just that we're all just like we got the resources. We got everything. It's just not being managed well. Yeah. It's yeah. being managed by a handful of people for their interests, and it's slowly starving and killing everybody else. So it's yeah. If you're if you're um, Bill Gates, the oh, the world is overpopulated because I don't want to have to part with any of my wealth. Mm. And any of my resources. So that means, yeah, there's too many of you, right? But it's like, no, it's not your fucking choice, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to continue to live this lavish lifestyle, you're going to have to give up a lot more to make it work. That's what it is, man. We got to give up. We got too much inequality. and We all got to give up. Yeah, man. Everybody, everybody's got too much. And the thing is. Cigarette smoke today. That's insane. (laughs) that's going on right now everyone's just all those numbers going up it's just every person just taking a puff right now as we're speaking that's one substance that i've never tried never taken a puff of a cigarette my entire life yeah never tried it never had a desire to and uh illegal drugs yeah but i have i made up for it with many other substances so that's not you know it's not like i'm better than (laughs) anybody i'm just glad that i never got into that one because yeah what what a gross substance in my personal experience I've taken Being, like two my parents puffs. are smokers, you know. Oh yeah, my mom. They is were. Too. Yeah, yeah. She's just uh, she's been doing it her whole life. It's definitely, it, it like definitely um, takes a hold of your brain. Mm-hmm. I've heard that the withdrawals are stronger than like opiate withdrawals. I don't know apparently. if that's true or not, but I, yeah. I I believe it. It just oh, takes over too. your brain. Yeah, I've seen people struggle a lot with it. So, yeah, and again, like struggling with something, you know that's rad (laughs) struggling to quit a rad addiction you know at least it's like well at least i had a good time smoking (laughs) cigarettes it's like you you didn't have any good times from smoking cigarettes you just got like coughing and you stank (laughs) you know like if i have you know you know i don't know meth or something like well at least there was some crazy epic time somewhere in there (laughs) guaranteed if you were doing meth yeah right Um, you know i (laughs) I i'm guessing i'm guessing i don't know i've never done it but you know like at least you're beating an addiction that was like worthwhile whereas cigarettes it's like you spent a lot of money and slowly poisoned yourself like yeah uh, like you're not getting anything out of it other than (laughs) making yourself not feel like shit for for not smoking (laughs) Because yeah, it's a circular you, thing. You don't isn't smoke, it? they start to shake and they get. Oh angry. yeah, I when, can't imagine. When, it's like you put yourself at a negative. Um, like you you put yourself at a negative, 
and then you get the the cigarette in order to get to some kind of normalcy. That's right. But, but, yeah, yeah. But it makes other you drugs, feel shitty without it. <laughs> yeah, but other drugs, at least you get some kind of experience. Makes you feel, yeah, you get a, a high or something, right? Or, you know, yeah. numb or what? I don't know. Yeah, just never got the appeal of that one. But it's know. expensive too, isn't it? Like you fucking people spend an arm and a leg. Yeah, right. That's how you know it's a sickness because you're spending so much money on this thing just to make it so you don't feel like shit. I don't know. Yeah. There must be a rush. There must be. I mean, I've asked people who are smokers and they get a little something, something out of it. Oh, there is definitely, especially if you don't smoke cigarettes and then, um, you smoke like, sometimes I smoke a blunt and then you, you know, that's tobacco and you get, you get a head rush, but it can't be, but it's, it's pretty intense too, especially if you don't smoke. But, uh, I can imagine if you smoke every day, you probably don't get that. Maybe like a little bit, you get that little taste of it, Yeah, but it can't be like, you know, it's probably like, first time it's probably like whoa you know there's definitely something there's definitely something we're not gonna say there's nothing but <laughs> i think if you're, if you're smoking like a pack two packs a day you're probably not getting that every time it's just so you don't feel like shit yeah you know <laughs> it doesn't sound like a good investment to me i'll have other uh, vices yeah, like coffee's kind of like that for me too when i first started drinking coffee i must have been like eight like 18 or 19 and uh, I remember getting like sweats from it. I got a very altered, like not like, you know, obviously out of control, but like I was buzzed. I was like, from holy drinking shit. It, yeah. Oh yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, this is awesome. <laughs> I was hooked yeah. right there. But now it doesn't do that. I don't get sweats from it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel totally normal. It's not like, it gives me a little bit more like clarity, maybe, maybe, but again, could be placebo. Like I just yeah. love coffee now. <laughs> Drink it black. It's delicious. Yeah. Um, well, at least it's kind of healthy for you, I think. Well, without cream and sugar, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, and again, with fasting, it's like, an, it just promotes the the autophagy. So, um, and it doesn't break my fast and it makes me not as hungry in the morning. So I can go 16 mm. hours or whatever, but yeah. Anyways, it's, uh, when I first started drinking it, I remember it's like chasing the dragon. You keep expecting that. And then it just kind of stops and it becomes like maintenance. Like I need mm. to have my cup of coffee now. That seems to be the story of humans, man. Like Rose, whether it's a drug or a person or a TV show or a video game, we always just get, we form habits with things, whether it, yeah. but especially form habits with when it's some kind of like literal chemical, I mean, it's mm-hmm. all chemicals, but when you literally have like a chemical you're, you're putting into your body yes. as a drug, that's, yeah. that's when it gets really, really habit forming. But either way, like we all have our vices and addictions. There's something that we always, we always cling to, I guess, day to day. And that's the story of humanity, man. That's the story yeah. of, buddhism like no attachments we're meant to like i guess it doesn't mean you can't indulge in things like that but i guess it's about not not expecting any of those vices per se to make you happy like you can that's right say if i never could smoke weed again in my life i'd be all right with it i'd be be Mm -hmm. fine but like i i it would suck but i would be fine with it you know i wouldn't be like i wouldn't like hate my life or want to punch people and i think that's kind of the way to go for anything any yeah. other advice you have in your life. Like if I had to stop, I don't know. I'm trying to think what else I do. I eat a lot of fruit. I say, we'll, we'll say fruit, I guess. <laughs> I, I like apples. So whenever, if I couldn't eat apples again, I'd be like, oh, that sucks. And then I have like a habit forming with apples. I like to eat one a day. Yeah. But if I couldn't do it again for some, whatever reason, if the doctor told me you got to stop eating apples, which would be ironic. <laughs> if they told me <laughs> that I had to stop eating apples, then it's deadly. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd be like, okay, whatever. It's, on to the next thing, you know, I think it's a, I don't know, man, it's the, it's like, we're so the human mind clings so easy to things we get. So 
attracted to something that we think brings us some kind of comfort, you know, because when I imagine when people take that, that the, the, the cigarette smoke, the weed smoke, the apple bite, whatever it is, you're hanging out with somebody you love, you know, you hug somebody, you look into their eyes, whatever it is, you're watching a good show that you watch once a week, whatever it is, we all have our, our things that, you know, bring us into some kind of habit. It brings mm-hmm. us, I think, ultimately to a sense of comfort or maybe normalcy, we may say a sense of normalcy. And uh, that's kind of what we all want. I think in our, our, we all yearn for some kind of like, ah, it's okay. Now, now it's <laughs> all okay. as well. Yeah. yeah. Before it wasn't okay. Before I had this experience, it wasn't, but now it's okay. Yeah, until it moves, you know, until it goes away. And then we're like, oh, I need, I need to get fulfill the next vice, you know, because it just keeps going and yeah. going. And I think if you recognize that it just keeps going, and no matter what, the human mind is never going to be reach a point where we're, we're satisfied. 100% satisfied. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have to fit the being recognizing that you're never going to be 100% satisfied is the path to be 100% satisfied, if that makes yeah. sense. 100%. 100% man. Yeah. And I was going to say, it all has to do with adaptation. You're talking about the human condition, right? Seeking that next thing. And it's like, it's because we get used to things so well. So we're so good at it. So it's like, you get this little high and you like it, but then the next time it's not quite the same, right? Because it's like, you're already adapting to it. You're forming this habit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, you know, what you said about indulging without attachment that's exactly what what the buddha said he didn't say like no desires he said detach from your desires you you can't have life without desire your your body it's it's biological man it's part of the drive to survive you you have desires you you feel hunger you have these cravings for things some of them are necessary and if you don't fulfill them you're going to die and other ones if you don't fulfill them Maybe depending on the type of person you are, maybe you're going to be miserable. Maybe you're going to be really grouchy. Maybe you're going to be solid, you know, "Mm, I didn't get this, whatever. Right. But it's like your mental health is going to be impacted by that. And so if you take those indulgences or those things when you can get them and appreciate them and are grateful for them, but then when you don't get them, you're like, meh, whatever. You're indifferent. Like you said, right. I can't have weed anymore. Damn, that sucks. I really like weed moving on. Right. Yeah. You're going to go do some yoga, going to go for a hike, going to do just live your life. Right. Yeah. I think that's where we, we need to get to, because then it's like, you can still have desires and goals and drives and all that thing. You just have to be detached from them and from the outcomes, especially exactly. like you can pursue this thing, but whether you get it or not is not up to you. And if you don't get it, you got to be ready to say, nah, mm-hmm. tough. And then mer- carry on. Right. Don't let it fucking disturb you um and so yeah but it's just hard because we get like you said sucked into it right yeah that's that's the path that's the spiritual path yeah walking the fine line between the two worlds you know Mm -hmm. walking into or walking with one foot in each i think for me that's what i've been trying to achieve is to find like again that balance between the physical the mental and the spiritual the hedonism and then also the discipline. And I now I'm starting to finally move into more of the discipline because <laughs> for the last seven or eight years, I was more about the hedonism and enjoying <laughs> things because I can. And it, like, I, like you said, exactly like you said, I've said the exact same thing to my wife. If I have to quit cannabis tomorrow, I will. No fucking problem. Yeah. But while I can still consume it, I'm going to because yeah. I fucking like it. Yeah, like why it, not? And, yeah. And then for me, again, it's, it's a form of medicine. Like, honestly, it opens up. Uh, doorways within myself that for whatever reason, again, because I'm lazy, because I'm busy with life, I just don't have time to do it 
in different ways, or I don't have the ability to do it in different ways. But as soon as I tap into that medicine, it's like the doors open and it's like, Oh, you know, like the messages come through. I remember what's important and it carries on into my sober life. The next day that the, those experiences and those, those messages that I get that are like, dude, (laughs) stop (laughs) worrying about this. Focus on the shit that you know is important. The next day it carries through. So for me, it's like, yeah, I'm going to indulge while I can. Yeah, exactly. But how much do I need to indulge? Now, that's those are the mm. questions that I'm now weighing and, and uh, considering and being more disciplined with, because it's like, if I'm more disciplined with it, it gives it more significance. Right? And sure. I think the boys, man, Rory and Ryan kind of helped me see that with their Sunday ritual. Like, I'm not saying I'm going to do it once a week only in this one setting. Definitely not. <laughs> that's not the plan. But that approach, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I just need to like scale back and make it more significant and give those occasions more, yeah, more significance, more importance, make them more ritualized instead of like, I get off work. Oh, (laughs) it's time. (laughs) Right. Like I don't have to do it multiple times a day. I can just do it. You know, so it's, it's not giving it up. It's just finding the, the, the right relationship with it that I'm, uh, that's where I'm at now. For sure, dude. And that's not even really indulging. I mean, we compared, well, we compared, uh, we can p- compared marijuana to like you know, coffee and tobacco and t- television. But it's not, it's not even in the same category if you use it in that way. Because if you're using it in that way, it's a using it to better your life and using it as a teacher. Like you're not using it to indulge in anything to really escape. If anything, you're using it for the opposite way. You're using enhance. it to enhance to go in. Yeah and use it as like a medicine, like you said. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the way to go. That's the way to use those things. You know, it's not really, you're not looking to add it as a uh, something so you don't feel like shit. Something no. so you don't get the shakes. It's like something to help you. What I will say though, is that too, even too much medicine can be a bad thing. That's, that's where I'm at. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and again, that's that, that barometer or that line where it's like, okay, that's too much. I need to scale back. That's going to be different for everybody, mm-hmm. depending on your lifestyle, depending on your everything. Right. But um, yeah, I just feel like right now, what I, what I haven't been doing in the, one of the like last few things that I know for a fact I need to do with myself and with my life is to uh, instill more discipline, especially around those types of things. Yeah. Uh, that's where I'm at now. That's, those are the messages that I've been getting from the great teacher. Uh, <laughs> God bless her. And uh, yeah, anyways, so, so it's been an interesting last few months cause I've been kind of working through some of this stuff and uh, you know, alcohol is another thing for me that I, I enjoy quite a lot <laughs> beer, especially. Uh, so again, not quitting anything because I'm not, you know, I'm not in a destructive pattern. I'm not doing anything bad, but I, I realize that I need to be more disciplined, um, just in general. Right. So mm. just trying to get a handle on those things. Well, at least you recognize it. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, I can need see a this one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's, you know, uh, in the Tao Te Ching, he says the sage doesn't encounter problems because he addresses problems when they arise. And I'm trying to address things before they become problems, right? Because it's like, I can see how they could. And, and even if they, they don't, and they aren't the kind of person I want to be and the person that I am now, there's a, there's a disalignment there. And until I get more discipline in my life, I'm not going to feel like I'm living up to my full potential basically, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's part of the motivation as well. It's not like people are telling me you need to do this. You need to do that. It's like, I'm coming to these conclusions by myself from journaling and meditating and, you know, being honest with myself as much as possible. So yeah, that's the only way to do it. 
Yeah. Yeah, man. I feel really good about it because like, you know, I'm sure I'm going to uncover lots of other things uh, with myself that I, I feel that I realize I need to change, you know, in the future, but like the big ticket items, I feel like I've, I'm dealing with them pretty well. And I'm feel it feels good. You know, when you finally acknowledge and address something, you feel like relief, like a weight off your shoulders, whatever, clear conscience, right. You're not like internally grappling with it anymore. So for sure. Yeah. feels good. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're already miles ahead of everybody else who's on that wavelength. Not that this is a competition, but just not having the idea in your head that, you know, you got to change, you got something to change. I'm yeah. not, you know, you're not changed now. You're not there yet, but you'll get there someday. That's the attitude to have. And that's what we can all have is that, you know, with change, like I said before, dude, change doesn't come overnight. You have to first recognize what you want to change in yourself, which that takes time in and of itself. And yep. then from there, you make the steps to make that change. And that is probably a little bit of a bumpy road too. Like you're going to mess up. There's yep. going to be, uh, there's going to be setbacks, but as long as you get back on the saddle and keep on riding and keep on going, then that's the, that's the wave. That's the, that's the way that you have to live your yep. life. If you truly want to grow and yep. don't quit, because I think a lot of people not judging, just, you know, speaking from experience and speaking from observations, a lot of people, they, they set out with these goals and then they, they get one or two setbacks and that's it. And they go right back <laughs> onto the life that they were living. So as long as yeah. you can, you have a goal and you stay, you stay disciplined in your goals, yeah. even though, if, which is cause your, your, your goal is to get more disciplined. So you have to stay disciplined and being disciplined. <laughs> right? <laughs> so you have to stay, I guess, you know, keep your, keep your head on straight in terms uh -huh. of building your own discipline and recognize that this is the right path for yourself. And that's it. You just keep going. And then, you know, it's interesting though, in this particular case, I feel like just acknowledging, fully acknowledging it takes the difficulty away. Like if I'm like, okay, listen, I said, I'm doing too much of it. I agree with my, like, I agree with this. I need to change it. But as soon as I decide I need to change it, it's not actually that hard to change it. It's everything leading up to that process. First of all, figuring out that you need to change. Second of all, like you said, identifying what particular is the problem because what you think is the problem could just be a symptom, right? And so you kind of got to do a little bit of digging to see like, well, what's really going on here? Because if it's if it's um, addiction, well, what's driving the addiction, right? Because if I just quit something, that's not fixing the underlying issue, right? The addiction is a symptom or a manifestation, right? So yeah. that whole process of like debating with yourself and trying to like, you know, figure out and be truthful and like really ask yourself hard questions. And then once you, once you get to that moment of realization where it's like, okay, this is what I need to do. I just know it now doing it for me, isn't that hard, mm. but yeah, everybody's going to be different, I guess. But once you, you know, once you accept in yourself, like you feel it, like with great, like embodied certainty, not like intellectualizing it, but like, you're like, yes, this is the right path. It's not that hard to walk it once you fully are on board with yourself. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. I know what you mean. Hardest part is starting. Uh, yes. Like getting uh, on even that exposing wavelength. that problem, even acknowledging it sometimes. I mean, for me, it was like, just put that away. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to look mm -hmm. at it. I don't want to think about it. And it took a while to, you know, work myself into a position where I had to look at it and, and be more honest with myself. So, yeah. but that again, paradoxically, the, the way that I was able to get there gradually was with medicine, <laughs> with <laughs> not the kind that you get from the doctor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. I had to, yeah, take some journeys, right? The so, earth's medicine. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe a little bit of science, science involved as well, but regardless the, this, yeah, I've had to, to do some work that way. And it's like, that stuff exposes things where you can't really deny it anymore. Right. Yeah, you can't sure. like lie to yourself about it anymore. It's like, Oh fuck. <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I guess I got to do something about this now. <laughs> yeah. Right. That is crazy. I mean, that's why they're so beneficial because they show you things that you don't necessarily want to see. Like there's something in your brain that will shoot away. But if you mm-hmm. take, you know, massive amounts of any kind of uh, hallucinogen psychedelic, it will, it will bring it to the forefront of your mind and show you that like, this is something that you got to work on, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, th- th- that's their powerful tools in that way. I mean, there's also a lot of different uses for them, but in terms mm-hmm. of personal growth, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like it'll bring you to, it'll bring, it'll shed light on things that are inside of you and you'll be able to work on it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, on yeah, top and it of was, that, it was but, gentle. <laughs> it wasn't like, uh, some people in ayahuasca have talked about it, how, how it can be pretty harsh. But for me, it was like, it was like the great teacher came down and took me by the hand. And over the course of six months at regular intervals was like, all right, now let's talk about this. <laughs> you ready? Okay. Now let's go to the next one. And then it was like leading me step-by-step step to this kind of like final conclusion, which was like, okay, a couple things, but yeah, you know what I mean? So it was, uh, it was nice because yeah, I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to white knuckle it anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know about these ayahuasca ceremonies. I don't know if that's in my future, to be honest. Yeah. Me either. Have you ever done it? No. no. And, and I wanted to for a while. And then I met people who've done it and I've talked to some people. Like I had a guy on my podcast, Kai, he used to like facilitate ceremonies and close to where I live. And uh, yeah, just based on all of those kind of testimonies, I'm like, nah, I found, I found my, my secret recipe for Mm -hmm. for the psychedelic experience it works for me uh it's i've i've seen it work for other people it's Mm -hmm. got a good track record i don't think you can ever really it's i have not seen it fail yet and Mm -hmm. um and it's way gentler man it's so much nicer than ah, (laughs) fucking geometric shapes and uh, i'm good i'm good i want to do some some deep work but i don't want to go that deep (laughs) yeah for sure like i'm into just chilling by myself like i'm able to like go through that stuff and meditate and and i I can navigate my own mind and don't really need to talk to mother ayahuasca yeah 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 if anything i can do that like i can tap into that 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 great teacher that you said i can do that on the regular if i really want to i could just go and meditate for you know a lengthy amount of time and you can get to those certain head spaces i mean i'm not going to say i'm going to I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm going to go through like a DMT trip like people do on, on ayahuasca, you know, and go through and live your past lives and you know, <laughs> yeah, have yeah. these very eccentric visions. Uh, but what I'm trying to say, if you're trying to use it for personal growth, you can you can do that without going through the ecstatic visions and having to shit yourself and throw up in front of 15 people. And have a shaman going, <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't need to go through that, which I'm, I'm not knocking it. I'm not talking yeah. shit at all about it because I know there's, I've talked to plenty of people that have benefited from it. But to me, I'm just like, mm, that's not my vibe, man. I like to just, you know, I'll eat a few mushrooms, smoke a little weed, bit of weed by myself and maybe a few friends and. You know, I can just go meditate for a little bit, hang out, and we'll, we'll be good. Uh, I don't really need to do that. But it, it's cool that it is a thing and other people are gaining so much from it. And, you know, it is a sacred plant. But it's cool to know that uh, it's also not 
probably in my future either. I mean, maybe, who knows, <laughs> I'm still young, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't think I need that. Like, I don't think it's, it, it doesn't seem like appealing, you know, like, I feel like if I'm tripping balls and then <laughs> I got somebody else on the other side of the room from me and they're just throwing up violently and then somebody else shits the pants on the other side of me and then I start throwing up and shitting my pants. I'm like, this, that's not fun to me. <laughs> There's other ways to go about this, you know? Like you said, there's a lot easier routes to go about yeah. this psychedelic <laughs> experience and, and grow and learn. I'm just like, yeah, I don't man. know. It's, not, it's a little too extreme. But like I said, I'm not knocking it. This is just my personal preference. I'm this the same just, boat as you, man. I don't know. I said it better, better myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Pooping and puking and yeah, that's going to kill you. You know, they always talk about set and setting. Think about that yeah. set and setting for you. A circle of people defecating in themselves and puking and some sh- shaman drumming, blowing tobacco smoke in your face. Yeah, there's yeah, panthers the, the, and I think, snakes what's it outside. Called? It's called rapa, a rapa where they put it in your nose and they go, and it goes up your nose and then you can't oh. breathe. It's like, I don't, I, oh, watch, I watch a lot of videos of people doing like, ayahuasca and you know they go to the amazon and stuff like that and like mm-hmm. i'm just so intrigued because i've tried to picture myself in that and i'd be like nah bro i'm out i'm not going through this i'm gonna go home where it's comfortable and i'll just eat some mushrooms i'm all right like i don't need to go through this right <laughs> yeah now. yeah well the other thing like the other compelling argument uh, that i've heard from this kai guy as well he was saying like you know this stuff came up in a different culture it's like embedded it's not embedded in western european you know people of european descent you have no historical biological relationship with this substance that's true it, yeah it like evolved in a totally different world and like you're describing some of the rituals with the tobacco up the nose which sounds fucking terrible but yeah like there's a whole culture that goes along with it and as somebody who's not from that culture who has no real deep connection to it it's like why why would i want to go it would be i guess it would be kind of interesting but i doesn't sound like yeah just doesn't appeal to me. And like you said, maybe I would be more inclined if I hadn't found other things that could do it um, more effectively, in my opinion, because it's like, there's no bullshit. Like you're talking about going past into the past and living past lives. Hmm. What's the value in that from a spiritual growth perspective? Nothing. It's cool. It's like, well, you won't imagine, you won't believe what I saw when I was on my ayahuasca journey. And it's like, Hmm. yeah, but like what, so you can get the real goods distilled in a way that is just like, oh, clear as day. It's like, ring, 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 great teacher mm-hmm. speaking. Here's a message <laughs> for you in your own voice, written by your own hand from me. Read this every fucking day, bro, and you'll be all right. Yeah. Click that, like, you can get that. Why would you yeah. go for an ayahuasca ceremony with, like you said, pupin, puking and shit it's in your too pants? Much. It's too much. I think we're all just pupin. chasing the experience and it's become almost like a tourism thing at That's- this point. That's what I hear as well. Yeah. It becomes like a badge of honor for some people. I think some people get a lot out of it. I know a guy who's done a lot of ceremonies actually, and he wanted to, he may still want to do it. He wants to become like a facilitator for these types of experiences, but um, he's done tons of them. And he, yeah, he just says, he, he speaks very highly of the process. He, he doesn't speak of it like an entertainment thing at all for him. It's like, Oh yeah, that last one was rough, uh, but I got a lot out of it, you know? So um, I think for some people it is genuine, but yeah, I think there's an element of adventure tourism uh, mm-hmm. and, and bragging rights. Oh, I've, I've done 18 ceremonies, you know, it's like, okay. I mean, how many times do you have them? to do it? <laughs> how many times well, do we have to do this stuff? That's what I want to know too. It's like, I don't, I reached, I, I was at a point too, where I was just chasing experiences, especially with mushrooms. I would take large amounts and I would go through very mystical experiences and have visions and, 
you know, feel things that I never felt before. Definitely, I had that, but mm-hmm. that's in the past. Like, I know that that's a thing. I've had that. I recognize how important it was at the time. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't chase that anymore. And right. same thing with cannabis. I don't chase to get like extremely high on cannabis or both cannabis and mushrooms. I don't, I, I just use them to further my being here in life because life is the experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once you realize that, I think you, you transcend the experiences of these ecstatic, spiritual, mystical states. And then you realize like, wait a second, it's just trying to show me that the life I'm living now is the experience. <laughs> and if yeah. you can use these things, I think the next step is you use those to further this experience and integrate them in this experience. That's how, at least for my life, that's how I want to use them. You know, I don't care about going and talking to God for a little bit, you know, it's like, I, that's cool. Like I recognize, cause that's kind of what these things show me is that there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. There's some kind of plan. There's some kind of order. There's, there's a greater intelligence that I could ever perceive. Right. Mm-hmm. I recognize that that's cool. I cherish that moment. I cherish that connection that I always have. I don't need to go through that again. That's fine. It taught me. <laughs> yeah. I got the message. I hung up the phone. So now using these things at smaller doses, you don't necessarily um, have those experiences. Like if you just smoke one or two puffs, not that I do, I smoke a decent amount, but if you just smoke one or two puffs or you just eat one or two little mushrooms or even other substances as well, uh, you're you're going to find that it's like a, it's like a mental enhancement. It, it gives you like superpowers. Like I said, there, there are things <laughs> that it'll just make it so that it makes this experience, this life, this incarnation in the 3D realm that we're living right now, it makes it a little bit easier to navigate, I guess you could say. And if you're just chasing the, the, the experience, taking like 12 grams of mushrooms every Saturday, which I imagine people do, there's people that take massive amounts to just chase wow. these experiences, talk to the entities, which is cool. That's, that's awesome. I think everybody yeah. should be able to have the ability to do that and the freedom to do that. That's amazing. I think that's awesome. I would love to speak to people that do that because first of all, I don't chase that. I don't want to chase that because I think there's there's other uses to them. And the way that I see it is I can use them to further my life here and now as in this body as Gary Haskins and whatever else is going on behind the scenes. I'll worry about that after I die. <laughs> It'll come to me eventually. You know, this. I don't have to worry about that now. As long as I, I got the message, because I think these things are trying to tell us a message. Like there's, if there's a great teacher that you can call up, right? Uh, they're trying to teach you something. But if you if you go to the if you go to the classroom and you don't get the message, and you're just chasing going to the classroom, then what's the point? You gotta like I went to the classroom, I got the lesson, and now I came back and I graduated and I graduated into this life. You know, almost yep. like that yeah, rebirth yeah. process. That's yeah. kind of the point, and we're missing that point. Like psychedelics yeah. are becoming ever as so popular nowadays and um, almost becoming, like we said, almost like pop culture in a way, which is great. I think they should be because, you know, they're amazing and they can help us. But I think we have to look at them in a way that with respect and reverence and realize what they are. And that's their teachers mm-hmm. and they're not really something that we should chase the experience of. It's not something that we should just like do for fun. Um and if you really want to use them to your advantage to to further your life here, to uh, enhance, I guess, your life here, you could say, 
to just make yourself a little bit more peaceful, a little bit happier, um, you can do that. You totally can. But if you're just chasing the, you know, if you're just tra- chasing the dragons and and the mystical visions and the shapes and trying to talk to dead people, that's not going to work. It's <laughs> just not. You're just going to keep chasing that. It's just going to yeah. become another vice, like we talked about, which yeah, is distraction distraction, escape, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. 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 There's so many times where I catch myself pining for something, you know, where it's like, ah, you know, what, what am I going to do tonight? That's going to make me feel better about working all day or, you know what I mean? Like you just have these like moments. We all have. And I, and I always remind myself, it's like, if you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy tonight. You know, Mm. if you're not happy with what's in front of you right now, it's not going to be any better later tonight when you're watching a show or whatever. So it's like, get right with what's in front of you, man. There is nothing else. And you can learn all these amazing things during these psychedelic experiences. But like you said, eventually you got to come back to your home. We all come Where's back. that? <laughs> Here and now. The only fucking place and time you will ever experience that you've ever experienced this place here where you are this moment right now that's it so if you're going off on far out adventures and psychedelic journeys that's awesome what are you bringing back home to the here and now because if you're not bringing anything home those are just escapes like you were saying distractions right so i agree i mean and there's nothing wrong with distraction there's nothing wrong with escaping every once in a while but if you're doing that every weekend i mean and not bringing anything back i think it could be destructive It probably can. Yeah. I imagine it not as destructive as other substances, I'm sure. But yeah, somebody who's constantly, yeah, every weekend, can you imagine? And again, maybe that's another reason I don't want to do ayahuasca because it's like, when the fuck am I going to do ayahuasca? My kids are home. I got three of them. Got my (laughs) wife, like I got a full-time job. Like, you know, so that's not like, I don't have time to fast and go on a weekend retreat for none of that shit. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess, you know, people who do that, I mean, teach their own, right? If you're going out and uh, doing psychedelic tourism, as we can call it, you know, just going out on adventures just for the, for the you know, shits and giggles, um, there's still a better likelihood that that person is going to break through by accident and have a real transformative experience, exactly. right? They're, Actually, in the, they're in the arena. They're in the playing field. Yeah. Shit's going to happen. It's going to have an impact. Eventually, some door is going to open and they're going to be like, holy fuck. And then maybe they'll be like you where they're like, I don't need to do this every weekend anymore. I can just take moderate doses or just do it every once in a while or, you know, whatever, fall into a kind of more Mm -hmm. reasonable stance on it. But yeah, I think using them in that way and trying, if you do get this quote unquote breakthrough experience, you have to set the basis or foundation for yourself in your own life first, because I was using them as a psychedelic tourism thing. And then I started to get into, into meditation and yoga a lot more. And then I think it allowed me to go through the breakthrough experiences because of the foundation that I laid for myself. So I think, yeah, there's definitely a good chance. Obviously it can help somebody and they just one trip all of a sudden they just become a changed person. But I think if you're just not doing the the work yourself in your own life, it's just going to be another experience. I know plenty of people that just use it for experience. Well, Gary, did you, before you started doing uh, yoga, and meditation do you think you would have gotten into those things if you hadn't been doing psychedelics right before mm, good point i well what it was was i i was always into that kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. but then i upped it like i started to up it and get more serious so i think they definitely did coincide for sure like yeah they, they definitely play a part but i think that's what we all have to do is use them to coincide with each other i think these yep. things are just like yogic medicines where mm-hmm. one one enhances our because that's what i kind of got from 
doing the psychedelics is realize like wait, wait i can just do this i wonder if i can just do this on the reg i wonder if i can just make this totally, myself yeah. feel this good yeah and, yeah um, my friend cressa does it all the time man she gets high off her own supply man i've seen it it's crazy yeah it's pretty you can cool. do it you don't need any substance you are the substance, right? What was that? Salvador Dali? I don't do drugs. I am drugs. <laughs> and are. it's true. Yeah, man. You take a hit of that joint. There's a chemical release in your brain. Some of that is you making yourself high. It's not just cannabis. Yeah. It's a concert, right? It's a chain reaction. So yeah, I know it's, uh, it's interesting talking about this stuff with you, man, because it's, uh, it's rare that you meet somebody that's kind of, again, I see you doing kind of the same thing, mind, body, spirit, man. You're trying to find that balance and not be extreme in any one of the areas, but trying to be well-rounded, trying to live from your center. Um, and that's, man, it's so rare. It's so yeah. fucking rare these days. Yeah, that is very rare, man. But we're going to reach a point, I think, where it's going to almost be, it's going to be more, there's going to be more people on that wavelength because they're going to have to be on that wavelength because if you're not on that wavelength of trying to find the center per se in yourself, trying to find some kind of semblance of peace, not from the outside, from the inside, yep. you're going to go crazy. And that's kind of what's happening right now as we're speaking. Like there's many, many people all over the world that just they're looking for something outside of them, whether it's a vaccine, whether it's a, a new TikTok video, whether <laughs> it's something online, another person trying to tell them that they're, it's going to be all right. They're looking for yeah. some kind of. You're oh, cool. Yeah. You're yeah, cool. You're, you're cool. successful. Here's you're a thumbs the right up. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and no, it feels that's... good, man. That shit feels good. I mean, as a, as a YouTuber, you know, like you probably get some uh, little dopamine hit when you see like one of your videos hit like high numbers, you know, whatever that means for you. I don't, you know, I don't keep track of your stats or anything, but you know what I mean? Like I've had certain videos on my channel where it's like, holy shit, a thousand people have seen this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Right. So I can see the appeal. I can see how it can get people hooked, but yeah, I don't know, man. Again, I'd like to think that it wouldn't affect me. I'd like to think that even if I got huge in some way, like popular, whatever, it wouldn't change me, but there's only one way to find out. <laughs> yeah. It's just that, that don't become attached to if it does or it doesn't. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm doing this either way. People are going to watch it or not. Like if, you know, I have videos, I've been viral like three times, dude. Like nice. there was one time I have videos on my channel that I don't, that this is from years ago that I don't, uh, that they're just on, they're on, what's it called? Un unlisted. Unlisted. Yeah. That I just took off because they're not related to what I'm doing right now. Yeah. But at, I just, I, there was one point, all right, I'll tell this story. So uh, I was actually thinking about making a video about this. So first of all, this is, this is me going off on a tangent. I think, first of all, I'd just like to say I'm, uh, the, the basis of it is don't be attached to the outcome like i don't care if people i know people probably aren't going to watch this that many people probably aren't going to listen to this too much i don't really care i'm just kind of mm -hmm. doing this for fun yeah um but if they do that's cool i i, I appreciate it and i welcome everybody into this you know that's what we were talking about earlier right detachment from your desires mm -hmm. right you, you might you might have a preference but if you don't get your preference it's not going to affect you because you're not yeah. that attached to it it's just like eh. I'm open. Yeah, so I want to save that story that I was okay. going to say, save that, oh, yeah. that in the back. So, cause the, the thread we're on right now is that we're all looking for some kind of validation, right? Right. Um, it's that if we're seeking that continually and we live in a world where we're moving more and more into that, where especially young kids, we're being conditioned to like seek that validation from the outside world. It's we're, we're moving more and more into that world where it's never gonna first of all it's never gonna happen you're like that validation is just like another 
it's another vice. It's another mm-hmm. thing where you just as soon as gonna, you get it, you're going to need more of it. You're going to need or, more or, of it. Exactly. Another hit of it, right? Next mm-hmm. post, next video needs to get to a million views or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I think hopefully we're moving to a world where people will realize that and they have no other choice than to get the validation from inside of yourself. You know, I think we're moving slowly and slowly because there's not going to have a choice. Like I said, there's not going to be any other way. Like it's just going to reach a point where people are going to be like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't just keep scrolling. I can't just happens keep... every day, man. I'm sure there's it's happening to people every day. Yeah. 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 That's the world. I think there's, we're just going to, cause if not, then you're just going to keep suffering. You're just going to mm-hmm. keep going through this hamster wheel. But once we realize that we really don't need any validation, like I don't, I don't, like I said, I'm doing this. I've realized that I don't need clout. Like I don't need anybody to view this. I'm just literally doing this because I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. I like talking to people like you. And because yeah. of that, it's, I just, it's like, I don't, I'm not attached to whoever comments, whoever likes or doesn't like it. It's, it's just lost in the process. And that's true happiness, you know, because it doesn't have to be in terms of YouTube videos or anything online, like whatever we're doing, you do for yourself. You don't do it for other people. I'm not looking for any kind of external validation from anybody else. You just mm-hmm. do what really speaks to you. Like yeah. it could be painting a picture, it could be making music, it could be writing a book, it could be cooking food, could be going for a jog, whatever it is. I mean, it could be all those things, but whatever we do as a human being in terms of our creation, in terms of like how we use our energy, it's just that don't expect anything or maybe not don't expect anything. It's like, don't rely on what you want to get out of it. You just get lost in the process of doing it. And then almost like ironically, because of that, those are like the most successful projects is people that are just doing this stuff just because they're not relying on who's, if they said this or they said that, or what did they say about my drawing or whatever your, your <laughs> yeah. work is or your food, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. You just get lost in the process. Then eventually you're going to get good at it and you're just going to do it enough. And people will see that you're authentic in your own being and it'll just work ironically. And then I think you'll just reach a point, like say, you know, our videos did get millions of views that wouldn't even matter to me. Like if I had millions of people listening to this right now, it'd be the same as if I had two people listening to this right now, because that's what I'd like to think. But how do you know until it happens? Right. I mean, that's what I'd like to think too, but I'm sure a lot of famous people think that, and then they make it big and they become, you know, they become compromised, (laughs) if you will. So I, again, I believe you, man. I think you're a genuine person. I think I believe myself too. And I think like you wouldn't change me, wouldn't make a difference. Right. I just do it for its own, for its own sake. Like you said, do everything for yourself. Kind of, kind of the same thing, right? If I'm doing something, I'm doing it for its own sake, not for an ulterior motive. So Mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm helping somebody, I'm helping somebody to help them because it's the right thing to do. And I just want to do that. Right. Um, I don't care if they recognize that I help them. I don't care if they thank me. I don't care if I people notice and they're like, oh, Oliver, such a generous guy. Like, I don't give a shit about any of that. If I do it, I'm doing it for its own sake. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it would be uh, fallacious of me to say that I'm not motivated in some respects by getting views or getting a, an audience of any kind, you know, small, large, whatever. Like that obviously plays into it. Otherwise I'd just be having the zoom call. We wouldn't be recording it. It would just be a conversation between friends. Right. So there's a desire to make connections, to do whatever. 
And as long as that's not the primary motivator for your actions, it's fine to have those types of things. Exactly. It's fine to have goals. It's fine to have targets and whatever, but it can't be your number one motive. You have to love what you're doing for its own sake and be ready for it to fail hard and still be willing to do it because then yeah. it doesn't matter what happens. Like you said, zero people watch this. We'll be back next month, folks. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Right? It's like, I wasn't saying that it's not present, I guess, obviously, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we would just not be recording this and I wouldn't have a YouTube channel. It would, it's just that it's that it's, I don't really, it's not my primary thing, but that's right. You, it's bonus. A lot if it of people, happens. There's a lot of people that are, it's their primary thing. And quite of literally course. it's tied to their income, which is crazy too. Like influencers. That's yeah, like man. how many, how many people are responding and liking your stuff. It's wild. It's, it's tied to your, your living. So I was like, what did that do to your brain? That must be crazy, bro. Because right now I'm doing this. I'm not making money, any money off of this. <laughs> nope. We're just doing this for fun. We're, yeah, we're doing it. I guess Passion maybe, project. It's a passion project and we're yeah, doing man. it just to, just to do it and just to have some, you know, live life a little bit and explore each other's mind and, and ultimately grow. Like all of these things, I'm not just doing it to grow in terms of like numbers on YouTube in the back of my mind. I'm also in the back of my mind doing it to grow knowledge. Yeah, as basically. a person. Yeah. Man. Yeah. All of these conversations that I've had with people, I've grown so much in the past year that I've been doing this, like insane, insane yeah. amount that I, I didn't even expect it to be like this. And it doesn't even have to be in terms of podcasts for anybody. If there is anybody listening, it can be in terms of any of that. The, you get lost in the process of whatever you're doing. Like say you're a writer, you're going to, if you dedicate yourself to writing for a year, fast forward one year from now, you'll be like, wow, how did I come so far? You might even have a whole book, maybe two books written, whatever yeah, it is. It's just that don't rely. And it's hard in today's world. We don't rely on what other people think. It's skill to be able to do that. Don't rely on if nobody's watching or nobody's viewing it because maybe someday they will. <laughs> I follow I follow a couple dudes on YouTube. They post videos regularly and sometimes it's like one, two views and they just keep doing it because exactly what you're describing. They're not doing it for an audience. They're not doing it to get famous. They're doing it because they're compelled to do it. Obviously, they love doing it. They enjoy it and they're putting it out there. And it's like, good for you guys. Like, I feel the same way. Like I've made videos about it where I'm like, I don't care if I get views, I'm going to keep making videos. Right. I might be taking a break right now, but like when I get the hunger, I'll be back. And yeah. I, again, there's no, there's no connection to popularity or growth. It's like, no, I, I feel compelled to do this. I'm going to do it regardless. Sure. It'd be awesome if, you know, people saw it and, and uh, I was able to make more connections like the ones that we've made uh, with different people. But, uh, but if it doesn't happen, it's okay. I feel I got to do it. I got to scratch the itch. So, yeah. um, and like you said, getting lost in it, the whole process, right. At re-listening to it, which I fucking love because mm -hmm. like, you know, whenever, you know, this, you post this one, right. I'll listen to it probably a weekend. And it's like, I don't remember a fucking thing about that conversation. It's like, I'm yeah, hearing right. it for the first time. Cause I'm not here right now. There's no thoughts. Yeah. I'm just, I am this conversation. And then when I'm back to being my normal self and I'm like working and listening to something on the side, it's like, Holy fuck. I don't remember any of this. It's like a yeah. different person was there. It's wild. Person well, it who cool. sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing I want to say is that I think the things that we talk about in our videos, I'm not trying to toot our horn here, but the things mm -hmm. we talk about are a lot more than just like pop culture or anything. We're talking about some lasting human values that um, they will they it's like things that ring true throughout the human experience it's not just something like you know we're talking about sports 
<laughs> we're talking about stuff that a hundred universal yeah. universal truths of the human experience so like i i have this thought before i'm like i think people are going to watch me in the future i think <laughs> there's going to be people that are going to like study these videos after we're dead just like we watch old videos of people when they're dead i think people are going to watch me like wow look at them they wore these big headphones and had these big microphones and why couldn't they just hook up like we do to the you know the the, the thing in their brain and the virtual just, cloud yeah <laughs> yeah so hello people in the future welcome 2021 is a crazy year but yeah we're making it through i so yeah i thought that i'm like these there's probably going to be people that maybe i won't even be alive anymore but there's going to be some day where people are going to watch the me and the the conversations that i've had with these people and uh that's kind of what i do it for too it's like a sense of immortality it's like weird totally it's on the record right it's like whatever happens this has been recorded people can see it it's a public record (laughs) yeah and it's like i said we're not just talking about some you know shallow stuff we're talking about like some cool stuff for the human experience and that's what i do it for i do it for like a lasting effect like i'm here for a short while i'm gonna give my imprint here i'm gonna give back a little bit while i can through Mm -hmm. my own curiosity and talking to people like you and people all over the world I don't do it for necessarily getting popular now. I don't care if I'm popular now while I'm in this body. Like I'm good. My life's good. I'm taken care of. Like I got money. I got friends. I got family. I got my health. I'm good, bro. Like I don't need any of these things that people chase. I don't need validation. I got people that like me in my real life, real friends, real friends, which is a thing. Having real friends nowadays. And I have friends like you, you know, friends online that I made. So it's just like, I don't need... I don't need any of the stuff that people are chasing. So I'm just doing this project for fun. I'm just doing this as a way to like, I'm here for a very short while and all of us are. So this is my way of giving back to humanity, giving back a little bit. Maybe if you're curious enough and you go through and listen to these conversations, you're probably going to get something. You know, obviously I say some dumb stuff and there's some (laughs) stuff that doesn't necessarily, uh, that pertain to personal growth all the time but there's some really good gems and, and not even necessarily for me i'm just an idiot from the people that i've talked to the people you got the some good ones that, too buddy you got some good I'm ones right. too don't be I'm too right. humble yeah yeah you got some good <laughs> insights man from, but, but there's people that i've spoken to that are further further out than me like way further on this path and and they're giving me this insight so if there's cur- people that are curious curious enough whether while I'm alive or after I'm dead, they're gonna they're gonna get some knowledge, a little bit of knowledge, and they might help them out a little bit. And that's kind of what I do it for. You know, yeah, like man. I said, it might not be here. I might not get the recognition while I'm here, but I don't think the internet's going anywhere. Like for as long as that we're, you know, there's no comet coming down, and you know the world's not ending. The internet's gonna be here forever, and so is this conversation that we're having, which is pretty trippy to think about, right? Like yeah. This. We, we think we're just in a zoom call and we're just you know shooting the shit and just talking about life but we're immortal bro but essentially this is this is a way to cement ourselves into a, a weird way of immortality like timothy leary had a quote he said if socrates was alive today he'd have a talk show and i was like wait this is just That's like what modern, you're doing it's just like modern philosophy i'm not going to say that i'm on the level of socrates i'm not saying that whatsoever but it's cool that like maybe if Socrates was alive today, he had his own podcast, I'd be able to talk to him just like we're talking to now. And that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm talking to people that have been monks for like 20, 30 years. And I'm just like, yo, this is forever. This is a way 
for me to like be here, cement my self here more than just like, hey, look at me, I'm doing something cool. Look at me, look at my abs. It's like, no, I'm cementing a way to further the human, the human evolution here. That's kind of how I see it. And yeah. like I said, I don't, I don't, like I don't care if people watch me here and now and I just think it's cool what I'm doing you know what I mean I just I'm just having fun at this point but mm -hmm. getting to it yeah the, the biggest reason in the back of my head why I'm doing it is just like well you know it's forever what we're doing is forever it's pretty cool man <laughs> yeah man yeah man yeah I get you I feel the same way man my my reasons are find the others right I mean put a, put out a bat signal see if any Batmans show up right because like if you're online and you're in this kind of circle and like I've, I've met you you know I met the, the boys cultivating connection I met some other people over the years and so it's like this is a way to kind of find other people like yourself uh you know in a way that's uh interesting at the same time because you're not just putting an ad out or something like you know you're creating content and then seeing other people's content and it kind of brings you together. Um, but yeah, I think passing on some of the stuff that I've read and learned and been taught, you know, from the great teacher, uh, obviously it's like when you see a really good movie and you call your friends and you like want to tell them to watch it. That's mm -hmm. how I feel about the philosophy, the spirituality, all of this stuff, the art of living, basically. Uh, that's how I feel about it. It's like, it's so good. I, it feels so good and it's helped me so much. And I just want to like, share the wealth, man. It's free. It's free 99. I didn't pay for it. I got it from exactly. books. I got it from teachers. I got it from YouTube, got it from chatting with people, meeting people that uh, are on the same path, but have been on it for many more years than I have and learning from them. And so it's like, at least I can do, I love chatting with people. I love creating content. So it's like, well, why don't I combine these interests and just put it out there? Right. Yeah, exactly. Every once in a while, people are like, well, that was really helpful. And other times it's just crickets. And it's like, well, it doesn't <laughs> matter. It's like you said, it's out there. And, you know, maybe, you know, 40 years from now I die and my kids can always watch these conversations. They can see me over the years talking about nonsense that, you know, they probably don't care about, but whatever. Um, so yeah, it lives on, right. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, like you said, it's the least you can do. Like they are not really doing much here. This isn't really that much out of my day, no. but it's also helping us grow. Like just yeah. having this conversation is actually probably good for our brain. Just being able to like, First of all, keep our attention span for what hour, hour and a half. That's yeah. huge. Being yeah, able to yeah. train our brain and draw those neural pathways of being able to focus on something for that long and yeah. especially focusing on each other's, you know, like we're like weirdly connected through time and space right now. Like we're focusing yeah. on each other's, uh, like on each other's presence. Yeah. Through yeah. Time yeah. And space. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a very alternative way to think, you know, because most people are just on TikTok, just scrolling, you know, just waiting, looking for the next thing. I don't know about other people, but yeah, all I know is these types of conversations for me are meditation because the mind yeah. is completely absent from this. I, I'm not thinking I'm when I'm listening to you talk, I'm fully engaged in listening to you. There's no like, what am I going to say next? Da, 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 right. Mm. And I, I have these types of conversations with, uh, with you and with other people in my life. And I'm always blown away by it because it's like, yeah. you know, sometimes in social situations, you're like, Oh, what am I going to say? You have your inner dialogue or whatever the mind just goes away and I become fully immersed in it. And so for me, it's like active meditation, right? Because there's yeah. stuff happening. I'm not just sitting, but the mind is so quiet and it's so strange because it's like, who's talking? 
well, clearly the mind is not the source of uh, the personality, right? And that's another yeah. sort of uh, ding, ding for me that it's like, yeah, I am much more than the mind. I am much deeper than the mind, you know? And if it's in my field of awareness, it's not me. So anything that I'm aware of, that's not my true essential nature, right? Uh, mm. I'm the awareness itself and objects of awareness are different from what I truly am. So um, and the mind is a thing, right? You're aware of the mind. It's like, it starts talking to you or you start having thoughts. You're the awareness, you're the field of awareness. And the mind is operating on that field and you're aware of your own thoughts, but you're not your thoughts. And that's how you and I can have a in-depth conversation about this kind of stuff without even thinking, <laughs> you don't even need yeah. the fucking mind. Bye-bye. <laughs> no, yeah. Be quiet. We're grown folks are chatting, <laughs> you know, like it's kind yeah. of trippy. Right. Like the most times I come out of these, like you said before, we come out of this and we're like, what do we just talk about? What do I just even talk about? It's just like something else yeah. takes over when I come on this thing. And yeah. it is touching upon a different, totally different part of my brain that I didn't know exists before I started this whole project is tapping into that part where I can just, it's like, let go, I guess, in a way, and just whatever comes up, whatever you say, I don't know what you're going to say and you don't know what I'm going to say, but we respond we usually respond, you know, pretty well. It's like a tennis match back and yeah. forth. And yeah. being able to tap into that, that's definitely a skill because if we can do that now, we can do that with anybody outside. It just makes, ultimately it makes our conversation skills a lot better. But yeah, going to the, the <laughs> deepest point of it, it does, it allows you to see like, wait, I'm not even the one that's coming up with the words that are coming out of my mouth right now. It just seems to be like some kind of, alternate force in my being that's just being able to uh spew out these ideas and then i'm like where do these ideas come from I'm like i don't even remember having this idea yeah. uh, like i don't remember being able to formulate words like this so yeah it's yeah. pretty it's a pretty trippy thing and uh, that's another reason why i'm glad i started this whole thing is being able to get lost in the process of this this mm -hmm. has been a whole learning experience and like you said it's a giant meditation especially when you when i'm talking to people that are like when you talk to people that, you know, we're just kind of like, we're just kind of like talking bros here, you know, I mean, we're not really talking too deep. When you get into like the human condition and you're yeah. staying on this wavelength and this, this kind of like cognitive process, it's just like, it's a, it's a whole, it's like a psychedelic experience in itself, you know? Like when yeah. I talk to Ajahn Sauna and other monastics and people that have been doing stuff like that and we get into like the, we get into the depths of the human condition, it's like, it's a whole other layer. It's like, I got to go take a walk after this conversation type of thing. It's, it's yeah, yeah. very, very trippy, very transformative. That the power of conversation with the right person is in itself a um, very, very powerful experience. Very, could be transformative. If you're, if you're talking to the right person, you ask them the right questions, or maybe you say the right things or whatever, back and forth. Mm -hmm. If the interaction is, is very um, fruitful, it can be worthwhile to, to your own growth. The thing is, most conversations, I'll have to say like 99% of conversations that human beings have are just shallow. And I'm not knocking it. I'm, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But, you know. It's by necessity, I think, you know. Yeah. Like it, it takes, and again, this is going to sound like, well, look at these fucking guys just like self-congratulatory or whatever. But it does take practice to, um, sorry, let me step back. In order to have conversations like this, you have to be able to be vulnerable. Mm. You have to be able to be open, right? And 
I think that's just hard for a lot of people. It's not something that we're taught to do. It takes a lot of practice in my experience. Anyways, it's taking me a lot of time, right? Yeah. With internet stranger and people watching as well. Like there's, there's a comment section, you know, like you you, Mm -hmm. you get trolled, whatever. So I think, um, but even just without recording it, I think it's hard for people to have these types of conversations because again, we, we might not be going as deep as people who've been living in monasteries for 30 years, but we're not having a conversation about the football game, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I, you know, I can't, I can count on two hands, probably the number of people I can have these types of conversations with. And like, you know, even my best friend, like we, we can't go, we can't go here. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's my bro. He's, he's my brother from another mother, but it takes a certain, again, certain comfort level, certain openness and humility as well. Cause you can have conversations with, you know, spiritual people, but they'll, they'll stop you, correct you, want to argue with you about everything. And a lot of the times it's semantical. It's because like, you're talking about the ego, but they understand a different thing by that term. And you're like, guy, guy, we're talking about the same thing. And they just want to like nitpick. So yeah, it takes, it takes a certain amount of openness, humility, vulnerability to have these types of conversations. And I just don't think that's, those are qualities that are very prevalent Uh, again, because they're not taught, man. It's no one ever even teaches you about this stuff. Like, Mm. you know, yeah, we're like, um, here we go again, patting ourselves on the back. We're like the modern day <laughs> philosophers, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of like being able to do this is very, that's why I think people are going to watch watch in the future, bro. Because like, Maybe, you know, yeah. And we're talking about these. ancient shit too, right? So it's like, if the archaeologists want to know, you know, say that we've lost all the ancient books, they can learn about Marcus Aurelius on my channel. You yeah. know, they can learn about the classics. They can learn all these interviews that you have with people that have like Buddhist backgrounds and all these different things, right? So yeah. Uh, yeah, we're capturing it for sure. I think it's I think it's awesome, man. I love it. And like I said to you earlier, like the number of views makes no difference because I sometimes I go on my channel. This is going to sound stupid. Again, self congratulatory. I'll <laughs> listen to old videos and I'm like, I get stuff out of it because the, yeah. a lot of the times the videos when I'm recording, it's the same thing as this conversation. The mind isn't involved. The personality of Oliver not really there. And so when I'm watching it, it's like I don't even remember recording this. Mm-hmm. So who was talking, right? <laughs> I don't know. But it, but sometimes I listen and I'm like, holy shit, I needed to hear that today. So it's like, you know, even if nobody else watches it, I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, for real, man. 100%. Yeah. It is very trippy. It's messages like from the past, man. It's like this this um this format of, you know, one-on-one or maybe talking to two or three other people um in recording it in long form it forces me to be in a way very authentic because like I said, I don't know what you're going to say. And then based upon what you're going to say, I have to formulate what I'm going to say. So there's no, like, I've tried to plan out videos before, like write stuff down. And then I go on camera. I'm just like, oh, doesn't dude, you're just being fake. Like this doesn't, doesn't sound right. <laughs> doesn't feel right. I don't, I don't have a choice to be like, I can't really be that fake here. Like there's no plan. There's no like, um, maybe if I say it this way or I try to like make a joke or writing, like, no, this is actually just me talking yep. to you on camera like we would be if we were in the same room. So it's a way to like channel something like an essence that's inside of me and you and I think anybody else that does this. It's a way to channel um, a kind of sense of authenticity that you wouldn't get if it, it that you wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same. I would say if you tried to do it in like a form where you got everything written down, you're doing mm-hmm. jump cuts on video and yeah, I don't know. There's just like this weird realness about being able to have a podcast like this and going off on these topics and 
going off with another person, especially, at least for me, there's, yeah. there's it, like, I'm, I don't, like you said, I don't feel like my ego is here, even though there totally is to people listening and on the screen. I don't feel yeah. like I'm trying to like have any kind of plan or purpose here or way that I want to look or sound. Like, I feel like that there is some kind of channeling at this mm-hmm. point, like I'm channeling some kind of, um, just uh, maybe some kind of intelligence in me that lays dormant that I don't really know how to tap into on video and through the mic other other than with somebody else. Mm. You know, it's almost like a, when I'm t- speaking with people like you, the only way that I can bring this person, this thing, this essence, this spirit out is when I'm with somebody else. Because I know that if I'm, if I'm acting inauthentic or like acting fake or like acting like not real I guess that Mm -hmm. the other person is going to notice it so it's just going to be like it's hard to explain man but I just it's just like I get what you're saying it's like the other person holds me accountable in the conversation Mm -hmm. to be authentic on camera and speak real I guess you could say or speak speak uh, the truth quote unquote (laughs) yeah whatever that is for you at that moment yeah Yeah. that's authenticity man Um, it's interesting that you talk about that. I, uh, I've tried it both ways. I've tried doing videos for, for the first few years. I just did them like completely off the cuff, usually while riding in my minivan. Um, I would just have a quote and then I would just talk. Right. And I just let the spirit guide me. Sometimes, sometimes I would overthink it and it would come out like crap. But a lot of the times these videos that I was telling you about, I watched them and I'm like, I don't remember any of this. Like I don't remember saying it because it's like, I wasn't talking. So this whole like channeling experience that you're describing very familiar with that. I do that when I write in my journal now too. Like yeah. I'll meditate and get a clear mind and I open it to a blank page and I don't go in with a plan, but just shit just comes, man. You do like automatic flows. writing? Essentially, yeah, in a way, but it's always it's always like a, an ongoing dialogue with the, the great teacher, as I like to call her. Um, mm. You know, like this, this force of wisdom that's in all of us, right? And I, I think the reason I came up with the metaphor of the great teacher is because like when I read Marcus Aurelius with the Tao or the Bhagavad Gita, I saw the same messages. So I was like, well, clearly mm. it wasn't Marcus or Lao Tzu or the, whoever wrote the Gita that was saying this, they were inspired by the great teacher. And because in every religion and every philosophy you go through and you look, you find the same handful of things. So I was like, clearly it comes from one source. So I, that's how I describe her, the great teacher, but you can talk to her anytime. And it, and it, you know, through meditation, through this recording process that you're describing, even without another person, I guarantee you, Gary, if you just meditate, you know, 15, 20, whatever you do, take an edible, whatever, <laughs> get, get right with yourself, turn on the camera and start recording and don't, without any plan, you're going to fucking put out some interesting stuff. Yeah. It's going to be, it's not going to be you. It's not going to be Gary. Right. So I, I think that I can. Uh, it's not yeah. as easy though. Like I, I just feed off of other people's energy. Yeah. It's yeah. And I've, I've noticed I've that too. Been. Yeah. It's awkward. Right. I find it awkward just talking to a camera by myself. It's like, I'm not, I'm not authentic. Like you said, because, because it's not an authentic situation, right? It's mm-hmm. not like I, I'm talking to an actual person. I'm trying to manufacture something that's fake in a way. Mm. Um, but I've tried scripting videos as well. I did. I went through a stint where I like tried to write a series on spiritual exploration and I didn't really enjoy that at all. I mean, so I think the, the, for me, the happy medium, if, and when I start doing these again, will be to like point form some shit just so I can stay on track, yeah. but not write down anything word for word and just kind of go and, yeah, and then you can try different. Exactly. Yeah. But without my problem is I think similar to yours, I'll go on a tangent, right? <laughs> I'm talking about this and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, 
where was I again? Yeah, <laughs> no idea. Too much channeling. <laughs> yeah. And then the video is way too long. Cause it's like, well, I just, I wanted to make this point, but I talked for this much and I don't yeah. know where to cut. And yeah. so, yeah, it's just a hassle. <laughs> I know what you yeah. mean, man. I want to get on the topic of the, the, the great teacher. Cause I think that's pretty, um, it's pretty cool. And I know what you're talking about. Do you think it's just like, this is like this guidance, would you call it like God in a way? Like there's this, like this kind of internal guidance that you can tap into and it'll tell you like which way to go and what to do and what to say and how to act. Yeah. 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 There's, I think there's a lot of different metaphors for it. And again, throughout like the Atma and and the Bhagavad Gita, I think that's, that's kind of what we're talking about. Right. And they tell you in the, in the Gita that the Atma and the Brahman are, are one and the same, right. Seeds from the same tree. So you've got, uh, a small version or, you know, miniature version of the great source of all being inside of you. And so everything that it knows, you can tap into that knowledge somehow. It might not be like, you'll hear a voice in your head that tells you the answer, but like you said, it'll, it'll point you in the right direction. It'll tell you what's right for you. And sometimes I think it does can, it can channel through the mind and come out as language, which again, that's what I do with my journaling. It's like, I start writing and it's just like, I have no idea what I'm going to write. It's just coming out, you know? Um, Yeah. I think it comes from that source and yeah. Nature, God, Tao, whatever you want to call it. There's an intelligence. Even if you're a hardcore atheist, you believe in nature. There's an intelligence to nature. Mm. There's there's an intelligence to the universe, you know, even stars, you know, there's a, if you don't want to call it intelligence, there's a structure that is not just random. Yeah. Like order. Yeah, there's an order, mm-hmm. you know, law, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, you can, nature is a great uh, vehicle for knowing the great teacher because mm-hmm. nature is is the great teacher's kind of crudest method, you know, like mm-hmm. it's indiscriminatory. It's not always pretty. And, and again, uh, interestingly enough, you know, when I study nature and I look at the way things are on a grand scale, that tells me that uh, life feeds on life. Right. Mm. And so I respect, you know, vegetarians, vegans and everything like that. But in the past, I've had some militant vegans come at me. And that's always what I tell them is that there's nothing on this earth that is alive that doesn't feed on life. And those are the rules. Now we can talk about the ethics of factory farming, which I'm again, totally opposed to, uh, you know, it's a sickness. It's part of this profit driven system that we're in clearly, right. Because they're putting profit ahead of the well-being of these sentient beings, which is, should happen. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, life feeds on life. And, you know, for whatever reason, humans have evolved to be uh, semi-carnivorous. Again, we can talk about overconsumption of meat, right? We eat too much of it, hundred percent, but I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with eating meat. It's just, uh, that's the pattern. If you look everywhere, like in order for us to be here, a star had to go supernova to see the elements for our planet and for everything that it's given rise to death and destruction lead to life and creation from decay comes growth, vice versa. This is the way of the universe, the entire mm-hmm. cosmos, right? As far as we can see uh, with our telescopes. Um, so yeah, I mean, nature is a great way to learn about the great teacher science mm-hmm. as well. Right. Because now you're studying the great teachers, basic, basic will, like what, how does, how are things built? How do things work? Like you're getting into the mechanics of it. And then you get to really see uh, her intelligence, right? Like Einstein believed in a God and he saw intelligence in the universe. He didn't believe in Yahweh. You know, he didn't believe in an invisible bearded sky daddy, but he believed in a God and he was a hardcore scientist. He, he got into it so deep that eventually he was like, holy shit, there's something at work here. And it's yeah. bigger than all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Science leads you there too, right? All roads lead to the great teacher. You just got to go far. You just got to keep going. 
you just can't stop because you can stop at a pit stop and go, oh, I found it. And it's like, nope, keep going. Great teachers yeah. at the end of this road. You just got to continue. Science, mysticism, spirituality, philosophy, they all take you there, right? Mm, I know what you mean, dude. Yeah, because a lot of people, they either stop at the God of Yahweh or they stop at uh, pragmatism and science. You know, because I was at a point where I just believed in rationale and science and like, you know, there's it's just if we don't have a scientific study for it, it doesn't exist. There's no, there, I didn't believe in any such order or any such plan, I guess you could say. Yeah. But you got to keep going. Like you said, you don't stop there. You just, you got to like, no, you're almost there. You got to realize that like, wait, no, there is some yeah. kind of underlying order. I think Nikola Tesla said, if you want to know the truth of the universe, you study it in terms of, what do you say? Energy, vibration, mm -hmm. yeah. electrons, something like that. And that's kind of the, that's that. If you want to find God, it's that. And the thing is, the the vibrations and the frequency, you know, you can study that with scientific instruments, but you can also study that within yourself as well. Mm, yeah, you can feel the vibe, but you can you can study also, you know, elect. You can study it with with instruments. So yeah. yeah, there is something synonymous. There is some kind of there is some kind of like certain, I guess, energy that's just propelling us through time. Like there's some kind of yeah. It's not there's like something. a, there's not like a entity. There's no external entity with its puppet string. It's more yeah. of just like this, this centrifugal force that runs throughout all of us, runs throughout time, no matter what time period you were born in. Like Marcus Aurelius picked it up. They picked it up, like you said, in the Bhagavad Gita, and we're picking it up now. Maybe yeah. through this conversation, maybe through when you journal, maybe through when you paint the picture, maybe mm -hmm. through when you're in meditation. But there is some kind of guardian in a way what do you what do you say it's the great teacher that's what you say right that's yeah. just one metaphor man honestly there's so many any any metaphor that you attach to it, any word that you attach to it you're already wrong so yeah. i think you know right off the bat we're talking about something that you can't contain in a single uh, word or concept for me the the concept of the great teacher is just one metaphor that i like um and it, it makes sense to me because yeah, when I, again, like, like I explained to you, everything I read seemed to be coming from a single voice. Like it seemed to be saying the same stuff across ages and cultures. So that's, you know, I like that metaphor and I call her a she, because again, it's not male, female, they're both right. I mean, the, the greatest, the Supreme being is both male and female, but as a metaphor, I think that uh, women make better teachers than men. So I go for the great teacher and it's a, it's a female, right. The, you know, the mother, whatever you want to call her. Um, I like that image and it just mm. is, is personal to me, but honestly, I, I, I encourage people to come up with whatever metaphor works for you. And if an existing one works for you, if Jesus is your man, as long as you understand that the Christ is within you, amen, brother, worship Jesus. I read the sermon mm -hmm. on the Mount recently. Wow. I mean, obviously he was spitting some truth. It's too bad mm -hmm. that so many Christians don't read Jesus. <laughs> That's yeah. the only downside, but what he <laughs> said, man, he was, again, and I realized he was saying the same shit as the Bhagavad Gita as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Jesus learned some yoga. I wouldn't oh, be surprised. 100%. And he came back and tried to tell, you know, the Israelites and the metaphors just kind of got a little bit shuffled around and stuff. But he was on the same thing, man. He was on the same path. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Not surprising. <laughs> it's a good book. It's by oh, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. That's pretty much what happened. But the way is the way is the way, you know, the, there mm -hmm, isn't Jesus exactly. wasn't the only one. You know, nope. There's plenty of ascended masters that realized that there is this centrifugal force that runs throughout all of us that we can all tap into and go to for guidance. Some may say God, some may say 
infinite consciousness some may say the force <laughs> whatever you want to call it there's there is something once you tap in and you realize that's a thing it's like oh yeah wait, man the center same same thing again right talking about the mm -hmm. center right the, i like the centrifugal force because that's exactly it i likened it to the eye of the storm right like mm -hmm. when you're in the center of the tornado it's like everything is quiet and still even though you're surrounded by this like you know terrifying force um it's the same thing, man. It's the same thing. The centrifugal force, the center, it's inside of you. And the longer you can hang out there and the more often you can be there, the better it is for you. <laughs> That's my yeah. experience anyways. And it's always when I stray from the center that I get into trouble, mm. that I start to suffer, that I start to think about, oh, I wish I was you know, doing this instead of that. I wish it's not fair. I do all these things for them and they don't appreciate me and the stories and the fucking bullshit come in. When you're in the center, that stuff's around you. It's like the eye of the storm. Yeah. It doesn't affect you. You're separated from it. And you can see it 360 degrees. You can see your own bullshit flying around and you're like, okay, I don't need to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, uninvolved right um it's just yeah man it's hard to stay there permanently <laughs> in my yeah. experience once again it's okay as long as you know you can get back to it that's just yeah. like when that's pretty much making your life into a giant meditation it's like that's what meditation is it's like you, you have one focus to ground yourself like many people use their breath but you come back to it like you lose it and then you come back so if you do that you know it's there and you can you recognize that you can always go back to it that's really all you need you're already you're already there you know yeah, for man. the most part you just just knowing that you can tap in really whenever you want to tap in that's that's beautiful that's liberation that's power in mm -hmm. itself yeah and man don't get lost at the symbols because it's where a lot of us get lost is we get lost at the symbols we get lost at you know um placing your identity on the symbols like i am christian i am jewish yeah. i am muslim yeah, you that's know, another answer. reason I've never adopted any of those terms, even though there's a few of them that might fit the description. I'm like, nope, I'm not calling myself a stoic. Nope, not calling myself mm -hmm. this, not calling myself that, because I'm more than that. I'm more yeah. than that. And I don't want to be limited to one one path when they all lead to the great teacher. Um, I have a friend who's always like, you eventually you got to settle and pick one. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> They're all <laughs> yeah. mine. Sorry, yeah. yours is mine too. Like, yeah, your friend is property. the point. No, you know, he's he, that's the path that took him where he needed to be, right? And so, uh, he, you know, he's got a, uh, you know, he his his teacher is Ibn Arabi, who was like a Sufi mystic. I think he was around the time of Rumi. Anyways, he loves him. And that's all he, you know, that's his jam, right? But I, you know, he's reading the Gita with me and we're, you know, he's, he's open-minded and he sees, even while we're reading the Gita, he's like this, this is the exact same thing that Ibn Arabi says. And I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not mm -hmm. surprised. So, you know, it's interesting, right? But yeah, teach their own. For me, all, you know, one of the things that I call myself is like the thousand paths walker. I walk all the paths, you know, because there's, there's truth and there's uh, wisdom in all of them because they all lead to the great teacher. They're all from the same source. So why mm -hmm. quibble? You know, well, this is Christian. This is, you know, Vedantic and, it's all the same, bro. It's all the, <laughs> it's same. All the same. It's all the same. The yeah, truth just, is one. And yeah. The wise call it by many names. There you go, man. That's it. That's it, man. I gotta get up at that. Yeah, I think that's. <laughs> I think you couldn't find a better way to wrap it up. That was awesome, brother. Yeah, this is a cool talk, man. Uh, yeah, always, always. It's been a while. I feel like I haven't chatted you in a while, so it was good to get with you. Yeah, it's good that we do it every here and there. You know, we catch up. If we did it every day, we'd probably lose stuff to talk about can't talk about infinite consciousness every day <laughs> i bet you we'd be all right we would just we, right. we wouldn't talk for two hours we talk for like half an hour every day but yeah. you know it's all good <laughs> i like it this way too because yeah it seems like there's a lot of content that comes up between right 
For sure, man. Well, you got any uh, closing statements? No, man. I love you. God bless you. God bless anybody who's uh, watching this. I'm so glad that we got to do this. It felt good. And yeah, again, I'm starting to feel that hunger. I just got to find some time and I'm going to start putting some videos out again. So here you keep me inspired because I see you putting it out and I'm like, ah, I want to do it. I just got to do it. You know, so yeah, man, I'll be back. I'll be back. But yeah, in the meanwhile, these are awesome. I love doing this with you. So thanks, brother. Thanks, man. Love you too. Love you, right, man. the listener. And uh, yeah, let's let's keep it let's keep it going. Let's keep doing our thing. Yeah, hopefully next time the boys can join us. Yeah, I know, right? They played hoogie. It's all good. <laughs> all right, man. All Have good. a good rest of your Sunday. Peace out. Cheers.